The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, here we are on the Feast of Pentecost, traditionally known or remembered as the birthday of the church, the day on which the church was born, given birth, brought into life by the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit, as promised right on cue, Jesus made good on his promise not to leave his people comfortless. So since he is no longer physically present, Jesus sends an entity, an entity to be with us, a guide, a comforter, an advocate, a paraclete, or as autocorrect insists on calling her, a parakeet. I imagine you're laughing right now somewhere, right? (laughs) The story, the bringing in, the breaking in of that spirit has two different versions. And the one that we most traditionally hear is the one that comes to us from the book of Acts, which tells us that great crowds had gathered and they were from all over the place, from all over the known world. And then suddenly a great wind picks up and everybody starts speaking in their own language. Are they drunk? People wonder. It's chaos. It is utter chaos. But through that chaos, everybody is able to hear and to understand. So it's a story of great energy, the one in the book of Acts. And this spirit brings clarity and understanding among a diverse people. And from this moment, that spirit moves in and through the world 
and through the church, and the church takes shape. But then there's another version, one that we just heard in our gospel lesson. It's another Pentecost moment. It's a bit quieter, and we find it in the gospel according to St. John. You might remember the little scene that we just heard. It's always read on the Sunday after Easter. Remember when the disciples are in that locked room? They're behind locked doors because they're scared? Does that sound familiar? But somehow Jesus is able to get into that room, to move through those doors. And you know what he says to them? He says, peace. Peace be with you. And then he breathes on them. He breathes on them. That's it. Simple, quiet, intimate. This is the Pentecost moment. Jesus breathes on them. And I think that on this particular day, on this particular Pentecost, it's important that we talk about breathing. Many of us, like those first disciples, are still locked in our rooms, keeping an eye on our breath. One of the symptoms of this virus that has us locked us down is a very careful attention to our breath, to our breathing. And we wear masks, and they remind us that sometimes the breath can be a threat to others. And then we hear about those who are struck with the illness and their breathing is affected. And then we hear about the need for ventilators. And it only reminds us that sometimes our breathing needs assistance. There's nothing scarier than not being able to breathe. There's nothing more debilitating than having the wind knocked out of you. And then, of course, Friday evening and last night, right outside of these very doors, hundreds of people gathered and they wore masks and they carried signs that said Black Lives Matter and they chanted, they chanted, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And those words are now spray-painted, etched on this street, even on our property. I can't breathe. It's time we talk about breathing. These people were there to protest the brutal way that George Floyd died. He couldn't breathe. So it's time that we talk about breathing. What happened in that upper room that night with Jesus and those disciples? Why did Jesus have his own kind of Pentecost there that night? And what is this breath-breathing Jesus saying to us as we move into this strange church celebration? Well, for the answer to these questions, we start with the text. We start with the text, chapter 20 of John's 
Gospel, verse 22, Jesus, having died and risen, finds his way into the upper room with those scared disciples. And Jesus, having died and risen, has enough air in his lungs to share it with others. But it's not just air. It's not just air. It's life. You see, something really fascinating is happening in this text where we hear the word breath. John, the gospel writer John, is pointing us into some very important and specific directions. And my friend and teacher and preaching colleague, Caroline Lewis, tells us that this same word, breath, that John uses here is the same word that is used in Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed humankind from the dust of the ground and breathed into their nostrils the breath of life, and they became a living being. That same word that we hear in John's gospel is also used in Ezekiel 37.9, the one that says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So in this Pentecost moment, Jesus is doing more than breathing on them. Dr. Lewis tells us that a better translation would be that Jesus breathes into them. And what is he breathing into them? A new kind of life. They are becoming a new kind of humanity and he is animating them in a different way to go out and to bring forth life, not destroy it. He is breathing into them a vision, a prophecy for putting humanity together, for lifting humanity up. This Pentecost moment calls us to a moment of Recreation, new creation. My sisters and brothers, do we need a Pentecost right now? Do we need the breath of God to sweep into our lives? Do we need the breath of Brother Jesus to breathe into us and all of humanity? When there are so many people out there whose breath is being robbed from them, do we need a Pentecost moment? When the fabric of creation seems to be unraveling and suspicions are not disappearing, come, Holy Spirit, come. And what do we want the Spirit to do when she comes? Well, I'm a nerd. (laughs) I'm a word nerd. I like to look up words and what they mean. And so I did some looking up of the words that we use to talk about the Spirit. And the first word that we think about is the word paraclete. And that word comes from two words meaning to walk alongside. So in the Spirit, Jesus promises to walk alongside of us. And of course, you know, we've all seen those pictures, those images of Jesus walking on the beautiful beautiful beach with footsteps walking beside us. But we have to be real 
We have to be real enough to know that Jesus also walks alongside of us and is there to walk alongside of us when things are confusing and scary. And that other word, comforter, that's another word we use for the Spirit, comforter, right? Holy comforter, the one who brings comfort. And of course, the Spirit of Jesus is there to hold our hands and to rub on our backs when we're feeling sad and lonely. But we must remember that the word comfort finds its meaning in the word strength. Strength. We need strength. And the Spirit's role is to provide us with the strength that we need to have hard conversations and to move through and into difficult times. Conversations, yes, about race. These conversations we've already begun here at St. Paul's, and we need to continue them in very intentional ways. And it will take strength. Yes, it will, no doubt. It will take strength to have these conversations individually and as a body. Strength to look at where we've been, who we are, and who we want to be. Strength not only to say that we are against racism, but strength to be actively and intentionally anti-racist. And I truly believe, I truly believe that the presence of Jesus is beside us to strengthen us and give us the courage that we need to face these conversations and to have them so that we can be a new creation. I can't imagine what this new creation even looks like right now. I have to tell you, my brain feels scrambled, and I can't imagine this new reality. I can't even tell you safely what church is going to look like in the next several weeks or months. But I can tell you that I have needed strength in these last weeks like I have never needed it before, and it pales in comparison to the strength needed by so many others. So when Jesus walks into the room that night and breathes into those disciples, he breathes a new vision. And it's a vision of justice and opportunity for all people. And he wants them to take that breath with them wherever they go and spread good news. Was it always easy? We know it wasn't. But we are here today as a result of that animating breath and the message of peace and forgiveness that the world desperately needs to hear. We need a Pentecost moment here, today, now, and always. And we believe that it is happening even now in this moment. As we become aware of our breathing, so today we're going to reaffirm the vows that we made at our baptism. And as we promise again to strive for justice and peace, as we promise again to offer our respect, and as we promise to follow and to pray, breathe deeply.
In fact, would you take with me right now a deep breath? Breathe in each word of God. Breathe in each word of God's creative voice. Then the Lord formed woman and man from the dust of the ground and breathed into their nostrils life. Breathe deeply the words of the prophet Ezekiel. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Breathe in each word of God who calls to you. As the Father sends me, Jesus says, so I send you. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply that our words and actions may bring life to this world. Breathe deeply that every breath in every human being is worth being breathed. And breathe deeply in that no one's breath will be taken from them against their will. My friends, it is the day of Pentecost, so come Holy Spirit, comforter, walk alongside us. We need you. We need you. Give us the Spirit of Jesus and make us, this church, your people, a new creation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.